What's going on, guys? My name's Joey, fantasy football analyst, and uh, I'm actually not alone today. So, um, we're going to have our first guest on the podcast through phone. My girlfriend was on last week. I hope you guys enjoyed that one. But, uh, yeah, we're going to have Smitty from the Fantasy Football Show joining us in just a second. We're going to go over some news, get to know a little more about him and stuff like that. So just hang out for a second, and when I come back, it's going to be me and Smitty. All right, guys, so I'm joined now by Smitty from the Fantasy Show. Glad to be here, man. Thanks for having me on. All right, awesome. So Smitty, for those who don't know, uh, from the Fantasy Show, and he was on a TV show, CBS actually, The Red Zone, which is the longest-running fantasy football show. How long has yeah. it going on for? Uh, going on, we're going to be 23 years. It's a radio show on Ooh. CBS Sports. Um, yeah, I mean, it's been going on a number of years. I joined, actually, 15 years ago, uh-huh. so I didn't found the show. It's Russ Bliss, uh, The Red Zone. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I've been a part of it since 2004. That's when I got into the industry myself, so... Um, really, you know, right when I started, I was on that show and, and haven't left since. It's on uh, every uh, Tuesday and Wednesday uh, during the season, uh, during the whole football season. Awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, that's something I've been trying to do and trying to get my foot in the door. I'm going to go to – you going to uh, go on NFC? Do you go to that? Uh, I'm going to try and hit a lot of these events coming up here this year um, and try and promote the fantasy football show. Awesome. Um, and, you know, a lot of what, what it's about is just, you know, Build, I'm building this from a brand that I already have, sleeperu.com. Oh, okay. Um, so sleeperu.com is really the, the first site that, you know, I've been at for uh, in building up, and then this is kind of the video format. Uh, kind of taking in uh, taking what I do on the radio show and what we do on the radio show and turn that into a video format, um, among other things like humor and mm-hmm. kind of letting people have a good time because a lot of shows are so boring um, trying to get people <laughs> a of, of good insight that's proven. Uh, over the years, not like I, I just popped out of nowhere. A lot of people on Instagram was a few people that you know because my account is new on Instagram. Instagram uh, think that I just popped into the industry. Yeah, so I've been here for quite a while, but um, you know, taking video by storm with the fantasyfootballshow.com for sure. And talk a little bit about the live stream you're doing this weekend. So that's insane. Uh, you're doing a 24 hour live stream. Not just 24. It's probably going to be longer than that. But wow. Um, so the goal is I'm going to live stream until I, I get a thousand subs on that that show. So is it like whatever happens first, either a thousand subscribers or 24 hours? No, a thousand subscribers or I pass out. Oh. Okay. Uh, so I, I, I'm using 24 because a it's a good you know marketing uh-huh. uh, number to throw out there because I'm not saying 18 hours or 15. I, I'm going 24 regardless. So that's the for thing. sure. Um, if I hit it in the first hour, which most likely won't happen, but if I did, I would stay on for at least 24 hours, most likely even longer than that. Um, but if I don't hit it, I'm staying on trying to hit it. And, uh, you know, whether it'll be uh, 2 p.m. Uh, Eastern to like 6 p.m. the next, you know, following day, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I'm not the, as spry as I used to be. Um, I used to pull these, you know, <laughs> all-nighters uh Often, but uh, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how how much my my girlfriend can take as well, because I'm ringing yeah. the bell every time I get a subscriber. And I ordered the bell on Amazon. It's ridiculous. I, I saw um, the video of the bell. I thought that was I thought that was so awesome. <laughs> yeah, but uh, the reactions by my girlfriend were not staged. Um, if anything, she dumbed them down. Started recording. Uh, I had to take ibuprofen after I rang it four or five times for that shoot. 
and it is like the it's louder than a church bell on crack. It is loud. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. So I'm actually going to be hopping on the live stream, uh, playing around 12 midnight on Saturday, Saturday night, technically Sunday yeah. morning. So yeah, that's not... it's going to be fun. Yeah. Skype me when you're about ready because, uh, you know, proven by today, I'm almost missing this interview. <laughs> uh, I, I, my mind is like kind of all over the place trying to prepare for this. And I'm hopefully I get enough sleep going into this that I'm not scatterbrained going into it. I did a live stream last night mm-hmm. on Instagram. Or practice. Yeah, well, just talking to people, getting people ready, getting people excited, awesome. and I had like four or five times where I had to people had to have people get me back on track of the topic because I just went off on tangents and my mind <laughs> definitely not. Uh, the good thing about being on for that long is you can you can afford to go on a few tangents if you want. To. <laughs> oh yeah, but I might need somebody sitting by me, you know, kind of like uh, you know a Rams assistant coach might guide his head coach. <laughs> I might need somebody to guide me the whole way. Yeah, the, the uh, guy who pulls Sean McVay guy. from the line. Yeah, oh, yeah I need McVay's guy uh, <laughs> to help me. But um, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be insane, and um, I'm gonna go. I have uh, the setup is awesome right now. You taught me when I was driving around trying to prepare, get some get some swag, giveaways mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Then I pick it up. Awesome. Uh, but I uh, I have the setup, you know, that, that I've I've built this awesome set. I'm sure you've seen it, um, mm-hmm. and. Have three cameras set up. I got one at a uh, you know glass marker board. I'm going to go over and do some whether it's mock drafting, you know, draft pick trading lessons and things like that. Because I'm a, I'm a big trader. A lot of what I do is that I love. Ball. That's all I do every season. It doesn't matter what my draft looks like. I'll go best player available, and then by the time the season rolls around, I'm throwing out trades every week, trying to improve and improve. Yeah. So that's something I'm huge on too. So that, that's awesome. Um, figured we get into a little bit of the recent notes. Recent news, not notes, but uh, so one of the things that happened today: Carlos Williams was reinstated conditionally by the NFL before he was on the commissioner's exempt list. He had a Bills rookie year; he had like 5.6 yards per carry, uh, something like nine touchdowns in 11 games. I mean, this guy was a stud in his first year. What do you what do you think about him entering back in the league? I've heard rumors that he may be a little overweight from not playing football. I don't think he's going to obviously jump into a starting position, but do you think teams are going to take a chance on him at this point? Yeah, I'm not too. I'm not too sure um, on that one. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. That's kind of a stab in the dark. Um, but you know, comebacks happen. Wouldn't wouldn't shock me. Uh, last year taught us with the Levin Bell holdout. You know, anything's possible. <laughs> <laughs> guys, guys not playing. Guys playing. But um, you know, I'm not. I'm not too sure if any teams are going to take a shot on. on him over you know an incoming rookie this class has a lot of rookies that are going to fall pretty late in the draft and i think there's going to be some opportunities for some teams to get some value at the running back position yeah for sure there's a lot of i feel like running back is deep but there's no elite players that really jump off the board i know a lot of teams like josh jacobs because he was a backup he doesn't really have too much tread on the tires so to speak but uh yeah so there should be some decent options later in the draft like second third round so yeah all right, let's jump into the Steelers players who are no longer going to be Steelers players. I know you were talking about Le'Veon Bell on your page a lot. Uh, I think it was on the podcast too, right? On the podcast yeah, too? Uh, all over. All over. <laughs> so why don't you go a little into that? Um, he's not going to be tagged. He's going to be a free agent. Yeah, no restrictions, so he can go wherever he wants. And, and probably one of the most, uh, I don't know, I would say, not, not say hated, but one of the most uh, controversial things I post, the most negative feedback or the, you know, you're crazy, 
comes on this topic, which is so strange because you know he he was an elite back. One of he was the best back in the league the last time he played. Um, you know, holding out could cause concern for injury. Um, there's some weird you know comments that he's 260 pounds word on the street, <laughs> quote unquote. Um, I don't buy that, and um, you know I think that uh, the guy's proven to be the most athletic you know player in the league essentially. So if anybody has a, a shot at you know being health, staying healthy, coming off of a you know a missed year, I think he does. But the other thing that I, I get is that a lot is that people think that when I rank him, where I rank him is, is way too high because I have him in the, the five, six running back range. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not going to draft him there because I don't have to use ADP to your advantage anytime you can. Um, and his ADP is falling outside the top 10 running backs. Outside the top 10 running backs? Not even top yeah. 10? As far as the top 10 running back, a lot of the comments I'm getting at least um, oh. are, are proving that. And the ADP data, I guess, isn't as reliable as it, as it will be in a couple months. But I, I've had him in the uh, 5 6 range, and, and a lot of the comments I've been getting lately, especially on that video, are like people wouldn't even touch him. People aren't going near him. You know, that he's, he's trash. He's not going to, he's going to get hurt. Um, but, and he's, and a lot of people saying, why you have him 5 or 6 when you don't even know where he's going to land? And my assumption, I have to make assumptions, we're in the fantasy prediction business, so I'm not going <laughs> to sit back and not make a call or a prediction on, on where he's going to go. But when you have that kind of money being commanded, and yes, he may not get exactly what he wants, but teams aren't going to step up that aren't ready to win now, um, that have an offense that's you know built to win now, nor would he sign with a, a team, I think, that didn't have uh, the opportunities that he wants to prove people wrong. He's going to have a huge chip on his shoulder. Um, and I think he lands somewhere like Tampa Bay, uh, the Colts. I don't know that the Colts will, will want him, but a team like that that's going to have a, a high-powered offense that's going to feed him the type of production he needs to become a top-five running back again. And once his landing spot is announced, once he's you know in uh, his new uniform, I think the hype train is going <laughs> to kick in uh, gear, and people are going to to be jumping back on and forgetting how doubting how how much they're doubting him heading into the, you know the middle of. of yeah, I, I I agree with that completely. I mean, the fact that people think he's he took a year off, so he's in good shape and he can get a huge contract. Like he's not gonna gain, he's not gonna be two hundred sixty pounds when he's trying to make the most money in his career, right? I mean, yeah, I don't so. think he's sixty pounds now. That's <laughs> I, I'd love to see the photo if I yeah. the photo comes out. I'll first to say, hey, I was wrong. It's like CJ has got the man pregnancy weight or whatever he calls it. Yeah, I, I honestly think Bell's going to go to a team like the Ravens. They're a team that they have good enough defense. Um, the cap space is going to be an issue because I heard he wants, like, what, like t- close to $20 million a year? Yeah. That's he, gonna... he might be hard pressed to get it, but but I think it's team. All it takes is one team. Mm-hmm. All it takes is one team to believe, you know, hey, this is the guy that's going to take us to, to the Super Bowl. Uh, if the Chiefs, I don't know, I'm not too sure how much the cap, what they'd have to move around to make it work. Mm-hmm. Or what kind of deal they'd have to write up to make it work for him? But if he landed in Kansas City, I mean, you're telling me he's not going to be in the top five overall pick? I mean, come on. Damian um, Williams, if he's the starter for Kansas City, he's going to be a top fifteen back. Yeah, he's if, a he's a risky player to trade for. He's mm-hmm. also a risky player to trade away. Yeah. And if you're drafting now, he's a risky player to draft. But there's there's so there's all kinds of craziness around his value because if he stays put, yeah, you're right. He's going to be an amazing in an amazing situation and he proved he could do pretty well mm-hmm. um but if i'm kansas city or i'm an owner and i have these 
rookies available so late in the draft. I'm grabbing an LJ Scott, who I think health is a concern for him, but he's either running back that could be like a Le'Veon Bell type player in the NFL if he stayed healthy. There's 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 some really sneaky running backs in this draft class. Singletary is probably my favorite. Um, he's been my number one ranked rookie um, out of all of the mm-hmm. rookies, uh, rookie running backs. He's been my number one overall pick. Um, I wouldn't draft him there because his no one even has him on their radar really as a top five or six running back, it seems. Um, but I think that once he proves himself, climbs team draft boards, he'll start climbing fantasy draft boards. And Singletary, I'm predicting, will probably be uh, the number one rookie running back, I think, on a lot of people's boards here shortly. And and if not, you know, Montgomery, there's a, there's a couple here that I think could be pretty special. Yeah, definitely a de- pretty good draft class overall. Um, Very just- underrated. Yeah, very underrated because a lot of its wide receivers are great. The defensive line men are great. The offensive line men are great. So there's a lot of a lot of other positions that are more in need to uh, to push the running backs down a little bit. But um, we're gonna jump into Antonio Brown with the Hulk Hogan mustache. Don't know what's going on with him. The he met with Art Rooney, and uh, they officially uh, they agreed that it was best for him to move on from the team. He's going to be traded at some point. Um, he's got a list of demands, guaranteed money. He wants to win. He wants a competitor. It's not his decision, yeah. but <laughs> yeah. I mean, which where do you think he offers the most fantasy value? I mean, I've heard a lot of places. Arizona is one that people have been talking about lately. Uh, San Francisco. Um, people have said Indianapolis. Um, I. I think if you landed in a place like Indianapolis, um, that'd be obviously awesome. I think um, San Francisco is going to be sneaky good because I think Garoppolo is a better quarterback than a lot of people, mm-hmm. I think, believe right now because he disappointed everybody. So there's going to be low expectations for him. But you hand him an Antonio Brown and all of a sudden, you know, you have you have a pretty awesome combination. Um, and I think Antonio Brown has a couple years left easily at an elite level. I think a lot of people have kind of said he's maybe taken a step back or he's lost a step, but I don't, I don't think so. I think, uh, I think Brown in the right spot can still be a top three or four overall wide receiver. If not, you know, dance in the top one to two range for a big part of the year, if in the right spot, um, receivers changing teams, isn't always the best recipe for success in fantasy mm-hmm. football, but Antonio Brown is a gifted special player that it's pretty hard to guard. And that's going to make it pretty easy for him to, to make a change in an offense and, and, and move into a new situation. For sure, yeah. I mean, um, he's. I, I. I'm with you. I still think he's one of the more talented wide receivers in the league, and I. I, I don't see him slowing down. But the only thing I'm concerned uh, for Pittsburgh now is I'm concerned with Ben Roethlisberger. He had 675 pass attempts last year, which is absolutely insane. That's crazy amount compared to everybody else in the league. I think the second closest was like. 609 615 something along along that but um if you take Le'Veon bell and antonio brown out of pittsburgh i don't think he's throwing anywhere close to that especially yeah. if they can run the ball with james connor so um i think ben roethlisberger takes a big hit with antonio brown being which is i mean that's shouldn't even be a question but it's just how much of a hit at this point in his career they lost their great offensive line coach I mean, it's still the same line, but at the same time, uh, what are your thoughts? I mean, that's just that's just my what I'm thinking of. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, Roethlisberger, I don't think can can produce the same numbers. He just can't. But uh, I, I think 
And the last season okay. was he finished with the that was his highest fantasy finish, number three, I think, in his right. whole in his whole NFL career. Right. And he, he usually has a couple huge games too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you have usually Antonio Brown involved in that kind of outing, so you take a lot of those away too, because I think that it's gonna be a lot harder for him to move the football around with, you know I like Washington a lot, but Juju Smith, Schuster and let's say Connor, if Connor is your guy, and Roethlisberger, those are still really three really good players that a lot of teams don't even have yeah so i think that there's a reason like pump the brakes on the you know they're gonna, not saying you are saying this but that, that they're gonna fall apart but i think that to consider these the team is the same offensive team or to have the same kind mm-hmm. of numbers i think that's kind of um reckless to to think that way too um juju i think could be he's going to be a wide receiver one if like a low-end wide receiver one where he gets drafted can kind of determine whether he's a good value or not because if he's at 80 ADP climbs too high, then I think he's going to do well. But then you have to rely on him to do, you know, such amazing things to break mm-hmm. even on your on your investment. Um, Connor is another player that that I I think I doubt more than most people, and he was my biggest prediction after okay. Mahomes. Mahomes was my number one bull prediction. I do usually 12, 14 a year. Okay. Uh, amongst so many other things, but I mean, this is the most sought after feature on SleeperU.com. Mahomes was number one, and Connor was number two. So I, I nailed a lot of them this year. Um, I don't nail every one of them. <laughs> Some years better than others, but last year was probably the best year I've had in the 15 years. Um, and Connor was number two. So I think I have a little. I get a little bit of say. So I, I believe other people don't agree on a lot of the comments in my videos and stuff that I can say a little bit about Connor. <laughs> but I think that Jalen Samuels is a big threat to Connor in 2019. Um, so to answer your question, I don't mean to go around the whole. Yeah, no problem. I think Roethlisberger is going to have enough support to do really well. I think whether he's going to even come close to last year's numbers, that part, I, I don't think he's going to come close. But I think that he could still be a starter in fantasy, but he's not going to be in that top five, I don't think. Um, Juju and Connor and Roethlisberger are still, like I said, better than a lot of teams have as their top three. For sure, yeah. All right, so that's going to conclude our interview with Smitty from the Fantasy Football Show. If you want to add anything, you can go do that now. Yeah, uh, thefantasyfootballshow.com. Um, also, sleeperu.com. Those are the two places you can find me, my two sites. Um, but the big event that I have coming up here this Saturday at 2 p.m. Eastern, I'll be live streaming for over 24 hours straight, most likely 20 to 30 um, until I hit my subscriber goal, and even if I hit it, I'm staying on as long as I can until I pass out. Watch me eat. Watch me spill food on myself. Um, I'll be handling the back-end operations of both my sites while I'm on on live. And uh, you can find me at YouTube.com slash TheFantasyFootballShow or TheFantasyFootballShow.com or on Instagram slash TheFantasyFootballShow. You'll be able to find the feed and everything you need right right there. Awesome. Yeah. And, and I'm having you on, right? So Yes. Uh, more reason for your your followers to get on over there too. Uh, for roughly sure. around midnight Eastern, you think, right? Yeah, around Eastern. Uh, it's gonna be Saturday night, Sunday morning, whatever, <laughs> yeah. whatever you want to call it. But thank you so much for joining me. Um, yeah. Pleasure to have you. You're actually my first phone guest. I had my girlfriend on last week. She doesn't know anything about football, but okay. uh, so <laughs> it's good to have someone on who knows about football. Great talking to you, and hopefully we'll have you on again sometime soon. Get you on the fantasy football show again, but we'll start with uh, this live show. So I appreciate awesome. it. And, uh, yeah, have a, good, have a good one, man. All right, you too. Thank you so much. Yep. All right, guys. So that was my new friend Smitty from the fantasy football show. Great guy, and uh, I'll be on his live stream as you heard this weekend. So hope you guys 
are able to go check that out. I'll have everything linked on my Instagram by the time this is up. So uh, there's a little more to the podcast. I'm going to go over the tight end rankings that I posted last week. I'm not going to go too crazy in depth right now because there are questions I want to get to at the end that you guys submitted. So we're just going to kind of jump through it a little bit. Um, Top three, Travis Kelsey, Zach Ertz, George Kittle. Nothing new there. No reason Kelsey should fall. Ertz is still top tier. George Kittle put himself into top tier last season. I don't think that's going to change with Jimmy Garoppolo coming back. So nothing to change there. Um, OJ Howard, I actually have in the top five. And there's a good reason for it because OJ Howard, if you guys aren't aware, on a points per game basis, he finished eighth. Right? So for all tight ends, point per game, OJ Howard finished eighth. He had 565 yards, five touchdowns, and this is in 10 games. Um, the low part, especially for PPR, is going to be those catches. He had 34 catches. But, I mean, overall, O.J. Howard, if you look at standard, he's a top five tight end in terms of points per game. So uh, we're looking at possibly a better offense next year. Adam Humphreys, Deshaun Jackson, expected to both not be back. Could open up some more passes for him. We learned last year Cameron Bray is really starting to be phased out. Even when Howard went out, Bray really wasn't that much involved. Besides a couple touchdowns, which is really all he does, but you know, so uh, OJ OJ Howard talent definitely see him in the top five, and uh, because he got injured early, you could probably get him as a steal as a later tight end. So um, Gronk at six, if he even plays, there's a chance he's going to retire. But if he does play, um, he, he's still Gronk. He apparently was injured all of last season, as the story is for every other season for Gronk. Um, I mean, if he's healthy at his age, maybe he can have another good year. But, uh, yeah, I feel like a lot of people are going to be avoiding Gronk this year, unless you can get him at a really good value. Um, Hunter Henry at 8. I'm just skipping around here, guys. So, I have Hunter Henry at 8. I was thinking about putting him higher, but... Between Gordon being so involved in the passing game, Austin Eckler's there, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams is going to take some red zone targets away. Uh, Antonio Gates is, just wants to play till he's 75. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot going on in L.A. Uh, I do think Hunter Henry has some good upside, but because of the competition for targets, I'm not as high on him as oh, some other people might be. Uh, Jared Cook, number 10. Sure. I mean, <laughs> he finishes a top six tight end last year. Uh, oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. He didn't finish as a top six. That's that's not correct at all. So he actually finished as a top five tight end. Not that much of a difference. But um, saw over 100 targets. Career year for Jared Cook. He is a free agent. If he does re-sign with Oakland, he is the only offensive weapon they have besides washed-up Jordy Nelson. So Cook could be in for another great year. Um, a couple guys I have in here that could potentially break out. Chris Erndon. Uh, he had a great finish to the end of last year, especially when Sam Darnold really came on. So um, he he's in a good position next year. He could be... 
deep sleeper. Guys like Trey Burton, Kyle Rudolph, Jordan Reed. Slipped a little bit in my rankings this year. I do like Burton the most out of all those guys. Rudolph could see more uh, targets in the new offense. And Jordan Reed just can't stay on the field. Plus that quarterback, we don't even know who's throwing him the ball at this point. So I have those guys a little lower. Uh, Mark Andrews, potential breakout. But you never know because Hayden Hurst apparently was hurt the whole entire season. And now he's healthy. So we'll see how that goes. It's going to be a competition for tight ends as it always is in Baltimore. Jimmy Graham slipping way down the list just... With the lack of weapons the Packers had outside of Devonta Adams last year, they barely used Graham. So, assuming they're going to beef up the weapons for uh, for Rodgers this season one way or another, I don't see Graham being utilized all that much. Tyler Eifert, got to knock him out of the top 12 until he can play more than one game. Will Disley, he had a successful... He was playing very well when he was healthy. So, there's a chance he could re-emerge. Uh, let's see, Mike Gazicki. he was one of my favorite guys last year, but tight end is one of the hardest positions to translate from college to the NFL, so maybe breakout year, depending on the offense, but uh, that's that's more of a deep sleeper at this point. I have him in my dynasty league. I'm hoping that breakout will come. Vance McDonald, if AB and Bell are gone, McDonald could potentially move into a top 10 tight end role. But uh, 79 targets last year, not bad, especially for a tight end. And to be honest, it, it doesn't really take much to be a top 10 tight end. He was a top 10 tight end last year. He finished above Gronk. And as bad as Jimmy Graham did, he finished 12th. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not that hard to be a top 10 tight end anymore. And, uh, yeah, so that was just a little quick overview over my tight end rankings i'm going to go into some submitted questions for you guys from my instagram story so let me jump into that okay so i'm just gonna the way i'm gonna do this is i'm gonna say their username and then i'll ask the question i'll go over my answer i'll probably do five or six and then uh, we'll, we'll call it a podcast so first question from at Javi.Santisteban. Santisteban. I picked a hard name to start, of course. What do you think is best for the New York Giants right now? What do I think is the best for the New York Giants right now? Um, well, in my own personal opinion, they have all the offensive weapons you could ask for besides a quarterback. So if they draft anything but a quarterback this year, I think it would just be a waste. Does that mean get rid of Eli Manning? No, not necessarily, because... At the same time, if you draft a guy like Haskins and he's not starter ready and he needs to learn for a year, then you could be wasting talent as well. So you have Saquon Barkley, stud. Odo Beckham Jr., stud. Evan Ingram, stud. You have three locked-in offensive weapons. You need a better offensive line, which should be a huge focus for them. Um and they need a quarterback. The defense, I feel like that will kind of work itself out. They had some good pieces over the last couple of years, like Damon Harrison. They traded him away. Landon Collins might be leaving. Janoris Jenkins has been okay, but nothing nothing too crazy. Uh, Dalvin Tomlinson's Thompson, Tomlinson starting to come into shape. So there is hope for the Giants. They just need to make the right moves. I, I don't think they have 
bad personnel as far as head coaches right now. But, you know, there's a lot they need to do. And they have the weapons to do it, and they need to act on that fast. Hmm. Okay, so thoughts on Le'Veon. A lot, a lot of questions about Le'Veon Bell. We went over that earlier in this podcast, so I'm not going to not gonna go over that. There was a good question earlier on. So advice on guys like Darius Geis or Jarek McKinnon and where to draft them. Um, as far as Darius Geis, we have to see, first of all, if Adrian Peterson's re-signed. Who's starting a quarterback? Um, if they have any offensive weapons to stretch the field. But Adrian Peterson, mind you, had over 1,000 rushing yards at the age of, what, 32, 33, behind that offensive line last year with no quarterback. So it wasn't a consistent season, but he still made the most of it. So for a young guy like Darius Geis coming off an ACL injury, and he looks great. I mean, we've seen videos of him online running and sprinting and stuff like that. So, Dice guys could be a good pick later on. I don't know if I'm ready to trust him as my running back too. I definitely, I, I think as a player, he was my favorite running back coming in last year, other than Saquon, of course. But um, yeah, I mean, I think this guy has crazy upside. We just need, we just have to hope he's in the right position. So uh, we we have to see how the quarterback situation turns out, and from that point, we'll be able to better understand what to do and where to pick him and if it's worth it wherever his adp is but for now just hang tight on that uh jake mckinnon i mean every single guy in kyle shanahan's offense has succeeded last year jeff wilson jr came in at the end he did great raheem mostart came in at the middle of the season he had some huge games matt breda had like over six yards per carry for the first half alfred morris even looked good at the end like it just seems like no matter who you plugged in did very very well in Shanahan's offense, and that's always been the case for Shanahan. He's he's a great offensive-minded coach. Um, so plug in the guy they want to start, and I think you have yourself a good recipe. If McKinnon is on the field in PPR, he has top ten upside. Now let me stress upside because he is injured a lot. He missed the whole last season to an ACL injury. Before that, he's had some injury issues. So, um, but I do think McKinnon will see a large bulk of the work. And in an offense like Kyle Shanahan's offense, it's definitely worth high price. So I would, in a PPR, I'd be perfectly fine with him as my RB2. I think that'd be solid. Uh, Let's see. What else we got? Ooh, my throat. Yeah, so just a lot of Le'Veon Bell. Where will Honey Badger go? He's in Houston right now. The the free agent safety market right now is ridiculous. I mean, you got guys like Landon Collins, Landon Collins, Earl Thomas, Tyron Matthew. So we saw how long it took last year for the top safeties to get picked. I don't know if it's going to take as long this year, but I'm sure he'll find a home. Uh, I saw... Who was it? I saw rumors that maybe the Saints could be a landing spot. But it's going to be about the price and who's willing to pay. So we, we'll have to see for that. Um, <laughs> who do you think the Lions should look to pick up in free agency or the draft or trade for? What do the Lions need? Quarterback, Stafford, he's fine. 
Um, maybe a better offensive line. You have a good running back. They definitely need a tight end. I think Matt Stafford needs a guy in the slot to throw to. Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay are great on the outside, but you need to get someone in the middle for him to throw to. Even at the end of last season, who was he throwing to? Him? I forget who was, what his name was. Oh, he jumped around a lot of teams. He was on t- Bruce Ellington. At the end, in PPR, Bruce Ellington was putting up like 10 points a game. That's just because that's where Matt Stafford used to throwing. So you need to get him a good receiver to throw in the middle. Maybe Adam Humphreys. Good target, depending on the price tag. Um, Defensive-wise, they need a pass rush. Ezekiel Anza really didn't do too much last year. Corners, they're okay. They still have Darius Slay. Uh, Safety... Could use a little help. Their up-and-coming linebacker, Gerard Davis, is he's, he's had some big moments, but overall they could use additional depth there too. So a lot more defensive, but um, they have a, a defensive, great defensive-minded head coach to get that done. So hopefully they'll do that soon. All right, so that's going to end the questions, and that's going to end this podcast. Thank you for those still listening. I'll see you guys next week. And if you're going to go to any concert or anything, please use my SeatGeek code FFANALYST. You will save yourself $20 and make your experience even better. All right. Thank you guys and see you next time.